The Spectator combines incisive political analysis with books and arts reviews of unrivaled authority. Subscribe today for just £12 and receive a 12-week subscription in print and online, and get a £20 Amazon gift voucher absolutely free. Go to spectator.co.uk slash summer. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Katie Balls, and I'm joined by Cindy Yu and James Hill. So, the news over the weekend involved an alleged spy for China. This morning, a UK Parliament researcher arrested under anti-espionage laws amid claims he was spying for China has said he is completely innocent. James, can you just bring us up to date with how this has played out over the weekend? There have been two arrests, um, but they date a little while back, and so far no one has been charged. So, two men, one in their 20s, one in their 30s, were arrested back in March. Six months on, on Saturday night, the Sunday Times dropped with the report that uh, one of these men, the man in the 20s, was a parliamentary researcher. Today's Times is the only newspaper that has named the man in question. Um, but as the Sunday Times reported, uh, this person did have connections to two particular uh, significant people in foreign policy, Tom Tuganat, the security minister, and Alicia Kearns. Uh, who chairs the Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, He was arrested under the Official Secrets Act. Um, The Sunday Times uh, also reported that the Official Secrets Act of 1911 was being looked at. And as we are recording this on midday on Monday, we're expecting at 2.30 a statement by the Speaker of the House of Commons, Lindsay Hoyle. I was speaking to MPs uh, over the weekend, and there were suggestions perhaps that one of the MPs could use parliamentary privilege to name the man in question, Set against that is the case that you don't want to name him uh, until he is charged by police officially. Uh, as we understand it, he has been bailed and is going to be uh, scheduled for a court appearance in October next month. And James, just on the surface of this, I think one of the most striking things is, um, and obviously these are, you know, there's no formal charge yet and so forth, but in the story, the allegation effectively is that this person attached themselves um, to so-called China hawks um, in Tom Tugendhat, Alicia Kearns, um, which potentially leads to some embarrassment that the people who was supposed to be the ones, you know, taking the fight to Beijing, telling the government to do soft, could, if this is true, have been useful idiots? Yes, and I mean, it's worth pointing out that the man in question has released via his lawyers a statement this morning saying that he is, in fact, innocent and he rejects all these charges. Um, but yes, as you say, I think often a part of foreign espionage efforts is to discredit public figures who are vocal about an issue. Uh, it obviously is some embarrassment uh, to Kearns and Tugendhat that this has now come out. Um, equally, I suppose their supporters would counter that, of course, they were going to be a natural target, that we shouldn't buy, uh, you know, sort of Beijing's line on this. And arguably, do we want to have, if heads must roll, do we want them to be two sinosceptics who've been pretty vocal about Beijing's agenda? Um, Cindy, your face is in a paper today um, because you shared a panel with the uh, figure who has been accused and denies it. Um, of course, you are the... Um, presenter of your own podcast Chinese Whispers so do a lot of Chinese commentary um so I suppose to begin um you've come across this person before what's your interaction been so funnily enough that panel was actually called Defeating the Dictators and it was in February this year um which must have just been a month before he was arrested now I first came across this person you know in the Westminster village you know in China village is very very small understanding a bit more about what as you say Katie the more hawkish um, side of parliament as they've been dubbed um, think on particular issues so we would have talked about things like what do people think about TikTok what do people think about Confucius institutes you know all very live political issues here and 
this person has always struck me as um, intelligent, friendly, uh, but I was never, you know, very, very close to him, which is probably why when he was arrested in March, I didn't realise until the news came out over the weekend. Um, and I have to say, I'm in a bit of a state of shock uh, at the allegations. And one of the things that's quite interesting, Cindy, about this is, of course, we don't know what intelligence um, they had access to, or even the specifics of allegedly sharing it and so forth, and again, more denials. Um but um, if it is through Alicia Kearns, um, obviously she is chair of the Foreign Affairs Select Committee, um, but she's a backbench MP, so it's, it's unlikely she would have access to highly classified information. Yes, absolutely. And it's been reported that though this person had a parliamentary pass, he was not security vetted. So it is um, not clear what kind of information he would have had access to. The Times has been reporting that um, they've heard that uh, the information that was exchanged was not classified, which raises the question of what exactly has happened here? Um, could How much malice and how much organisation went into it? How much of it was um, uh, maybe sharing of parliamentary gossip with the wrong people? Um, we don't know any of this. We don't know any of this. He hasn't been charged. Yeah, and on Cindy's point, as the Times says, I mean, the Times, you know, verbatim it says, the Times understands that the material exchange was not necessarily classified or top secret. But the paper then goes on to quote a security source, unnamed, as saying that the information did not need to be top secret to be highly sensitive and valuable to China. Quote, it's about networks and about influence. And of course, that's the interesting thing. Is it about state secrets, mm. which doesn't seem likely, or or is it about influencing the debate, which is a much more difficult to assess um, kind of um, area of argument to get into? How has the threat debate played out so far? Because when we're talking about China Hawks, we just mentioned Alicia Kearns and Tom Tegenhart. But of course, uh, partly because Tom Tegenhart is now in government. Um, but Alicia Kearns is not at the hardest end, a blunt way of saying it, of the China Hawk uh, scepticism. She is not the most hawkish. It's people like Ian Duncan Smith, who've been very clear as I think as there's trust about how it should be called a threat. So so how is the Tory debate playing out? Yeah, so that's definitely one of the major fault lines between um, the hardliners, uh, the critics of China, I would say, in Parliament. Um, so there's Alicia Kearns and Tom Tugendhat, who see themselves as slightly more nuanced critics of China. Uh, they see themselves as advocating for engagement, but also for protecting key interests in other ways where needed. And they were have been very hardline on issues like Huawei, Confucius Institutes. Um, so they have been critics still. On the um, further end of the spectrum is the Interparliamentary Alliance on China, led by Ian Duncan Smith, um, who feel seem to feel very vindicated from the quotes that they've been giving this weekend. And they are, you know, they do think that China is a threat. And in some ways, the debate that's been playing out in the last few days does seem like a Conservative Party argument right now about what the party thinks about China, uh, with a lot of kind of uh, mudslinging at both ends. Um, and Katie, you're right to bring up James Cleverly's visit to China. You know, it, it does look like bad timing now. But I'm not sure the conclusion from any of this is that those who advocate for slightly more grown up or much more mature or more complicated view of China are necessarily wrong, just because there is this allegation of espionage. You know, I think those arguments are still correct, even if allegedly the Chinese influence has been underhand in all of this, in some of this process as well. So I think let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to what is the right way to approach China. So far, at least, it does seem to be the line from Rishi Sunak. We know that he raised uh, issues over the spy story with uh, the Chinese government, but also you have Kerry Badenoch, business secretary, on the morning round suggesting uh, that uh, that idea, almost playing down the idea that uh, that should be called a threat despite talks of cabinet tensions. James, just finally, where is Labour on all this? Is Labour trying to sound, uh, you know, 
tough like the Tories are. As Cindy says, it often feels like an internal Tory debate. Mm. But Labour's position isn't so dissimilar. Yes, I think that throughout particularly the middle bit of Boris Johnson's premiership throughout 2021, Labour was noticeable for striking a more sinusceptic pose on China, arguably, than the leadership of the Conservative Party was at the time. The most noticeable thing about the past 48 hours, I would say, is the relative silence of Labour on all of this. Uh, I think there was a lot of suggestions, perhaps, that it was put to me that Labour might you know, somehow move for a kind of motion on this debate, etc., asking questions. But the fact they haven't suggests they're taking their time to intervene. And that, I think, shows the gravity of the situation. Uh, obviously, it comes down to a lot of about sort of Tory groups, etc., and personalities, but there are serious points here. I think it's worth noting that this, and of course the Christine Lee incident last year, would suggest that perhaps Parliament is maybe seen as a soft belly, and that needs to be looked at in terms of British influence. And I do think, Katie, finally, um, your point about Rishi Sunak really raising this issue uh, would suggest to me that this is being taken very seriously at the top bit of government. Um, although, James, you know, it's interesting that you bring up Christine Lee. Allegedly, she, it's been reported that she's actually suing MI5 for um, putting her name out there and she still hasn't been charged with anything. So it's it's a b- bizarre kind of shadow game that's happening at the moment where we actually know very little about some very serious allegations. And this is the point about, you know, the Cold War we knew where both sides stood. I think we're still coming to terms with what um, you know, the, the new China Cold War perhaps actually means. And we'll be bringing more developments as we get them. So thank you for joining me today, Cindy and James, and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.